You are listening to the Mission Matters Podcast Network, where we amplify the stories of entrepreneurs, executives, and experts. Welcome, welcome to the Mission Matters Podcast Network. This is Jonathan Schroyer, and I'm the host of the Future of Service channel here at the Mission Matters Podcast Network. I'm also the Chief CX Officer at Arise. I'm so pleased today. We have a wonderful guest, Carl Swainpool, who's the CEO of Revelancer, who is really, I love how the name is Revelancer because you're revolutionizing the way that the people work and freelance work. So Carl, tell us a little bit more about your business, maybe a little bit more about you. We're so happy to have you on the show. Yeah, well, thanks for having me, Jonathan. And well, I'm a originally started out as a freelancer when I was 13. And I've kind of been a a lifelong entrepreneur and really having a lot of personal experience as a freelancer eventually led me to start a freelancing platform because I'm just not satisfied, you know, as many freelancers are not with the current large platforms and and the way that they operate. So Revelancer, you know, as, as you pointed out, aims to revolutionize that and make the world better for freelancers. And that's the mission that I'm on every day now. I love it. I love it. It's something I'm really passionate about. So pre-pandemic, you know, I started a company called Officium Labs before we sold it to Arise. And one of the premises of the company was that the future of service, the future of work is decentralization. And it's this idea, which is what you're talking about, and you've probably expounded upon it since, is the future of work is giving people that flexibility, that ability to kind of do the work they want to do, when they want to do it, live where they want to live, all these different kinds of things. I'm really excited about what your answer is going to be to my normal question, the first question, which is, you know, Carl, what do you think the future of service and the future of work looks like, whether it's in the next 18 months, five years, 10 years, whatever point of view or multiple points of view you want to take? I'd love to get your thoughts. I think that the future of work is is absolutely freelance. And I think that the numbers speak for themselves on that as well. So today, according to the World Bank, about a third of the global workforce, which is 1.56 billion people, are already freelancers. And that's today. McKinsey predicts that by 2027, more than half of the US workforce will be freelancers. So, you know, definitely showing that the trend is going that direction. And actually, a a study that was conducted recently found that 71% of Gen Z who were interviewed want to become a freelancer, you know, as opposed to going into a traditional job. So, you know, I think the numbers completely speak for themselves on that. The future is freelance. I think people really want that freedom and flexibility. I think companies hiring freelancers also want, you know, a degree of freedom and flexibility. I think it's a model where everyone wins and a model that, you know, is made even more possible by the whole world, you know, being a lot more connected now and people being able to work remotely and those standards being adopted post-pandemic. I think it's super interesting when I think about freelance work, when I talk to folks that really dig it, like, 1.56 1.56 billion. That's a big number. I love that. That's a new number for me. But I mean, that represents what almost 25% of the population are right around that globally. So that's pretty amazing. But when I think about freelance work, you tell me if I'm wrong, but they like the flexibility for sure. They like to live wherever they want to live, wherever that is. And the other thing that I found is they like to be challenged with different projects. Like they don't like the monotony of the day to day corporate environment. 
they're like, hey, I want to work for these three different companies because I'm going to learn three different things and so forth. Is, does that also go into that equation or is that just a, a, like a, a small percentage of the folks that do it for that? I think it definitely does. I mean, you know, everybody's different, but I think for most people, they enjoy at least some degree of variety in their workday. And unfortunately, for a lot of jobs, that just isn't possible because the company, you know, is hiring you to do one sort of specific thing. And that one specific thing is going to involve a lot of repetitive tasks. So, but that is something where as a freelancer, you can take a lot more control over that. Same thing with, you know, like, let's say if you don't like your boss and you're working a traditional nine to five, you know, well, what can you do? Yeah, you can quit, but it's not so easy because then you're kind of giving up your income stream and you need to find something else probably quite quickly. And it's going to be a stressful time, et cetera, et cetera. But as a freelancer, if you're working with, let's say 10 different clients and you don't like the way that one of them is acting, you can drop that one client, find another yeah. one, and it's not really going to, you know, be a massive change in your in your life or or you know make a big impact on your livelihood. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I also like the other cool thing that I that I love about freelancing is, and I'm a big believer of this, and I think it works really well, especially in countries that are more socially conscious of like medicine and dental and all that, you know, the benefits around. I think the United States is an interesting anomaly, right, as a Western nation, because it's we technically, I guess, we have universal health care, but not at the same way that like other countries that are more developed do. And there is also the tension between the freelance model and the full-time model that's happening, you know, across the political spectrum in the United States, which I think is interesting. My viewpoint is like the middle is somewhere where we're going to end up, because I think that at the end of the day, the workers are going to be driving in the driver's seat. And, and so I think eventually you can't build a company, right, without workers, whether they're freelance workers, full-time workers, whatever. And so the workers will be in the driver's seat, but it's definitely taking time for the U.S. to adopt some of these very, well, like what well, Europe has already, Western Europe has already adopted quite well around social structures that allow not all different types of work. Yeah, absolutely. It's a very key step for a country to kind of work this out to really get the most out of out of people freelancing. No, it's true. When you think about the keystone of like what the future of freelancing, future of work, future of service looks like, what are some things that you've learned that you're kind of starting to forecast to see in the future? Yeah, so I think one thing is really the adoption of technology. So obviously looking at, you know, going back a, a fair number of years, the internet and things like video calling, emailing, you know, all kinds of remote communication and tools of working remotely, that has made freelancing, you know, a significantly more viable option for a large number of people because suddenly you can work with 10 clients, but they don't have to all be you know, like with, within your town or city, they can be all over the world, which is is really incredible. I think also, you know, the, the pandemic has obviously accelerated the adoption of remote, remote working. I know that in many industries before that, many people weren't even comfortable using video calling or kind of, you know, looked down on it as opposed to in-person meetings. And I think now that has, you know, that gap has really gone a lot smaller. Now people are very comfortable taking video calls. Because for such a long time, you know, we kind of had to, and it became a, a recognized, you know, comfortable part, I guess, of a yeah. normal working day. So, and that's looking back a few years now, kind of looking now and looking forward, there are other technologies that are making a big difference in the future of work, such as different AI tools like mm. ChatGPT and different image sort of generation algorithms. And many people are concerned. And I think while there are certainly 
reasons to be concerned i think in more ways there are reasons to be excited because ultimately you know someone still needs to provide the prompt someone still needs to do the kind of quality control so right now you know a freelancer can use chat gpt to really optimize and make their workflow just so much more efficient and then kind of you know do the final editing final touches but ultimately chat gpt is kind of the you know the tool that gets the the grunt work done essentially yeah well, I mean, I think what's interesting about generative AI in general, I've started to use ChatGPT a lot as well as, you know, I like to test them out. So I use Bard and a few other ones. And what I've noticed, and this is what you're kind of touching on, which is the real intellect still is inside the human mind. It's the engine that we now now we get to use, right? So so I've I've done like a bunch of different prompts. And the better prompts and the more specific prompts, the better output, right? Which is not quality in, quality out, right? Well, you know, that those types of things. And so so I think that you're touching on that really well is even if a, a freelancer can expedite or improve the turnaround time or the cycle time, you still have to have the, the thought leadership or the mindset inside there, the creativity to be able to deliver the product. The engine just helps you a little bit better, I think. You you absolutely do. And one other key thing to mention there is is it's also about the kind of quality control step because quite quite famously somebody used ChatGPT to take a specialized medical exam where they had to diagnose a patient based on a list of symptoms. And there were three questions where they list symptoms. And on the first question, ChatGPT got it correctly. The second one, it just diagnosed the patient incorrectly. And on the third one, it invented a, a new condition to fit the <laughs> symptoms and diagnose the patient with that. So, you know, but it writes in such a convincing way. So most people yeah, yeah, yeah. would just assume that that's correct. But now, you know, you kind of need a doctor as that yeah, yeah. quality control yeah. step to kind of be like, hey, right. what's this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've always kind of been a, been a big believer in what I call AI assist, which is, hey, AI can really help us all be more productive, work a little bit faster and use the the more powerful parts of our brain rather than the rudimentary parts of our brain. And I think that's kind of what you're saying here as well. So I think that's exactly. Cool. Well, when you think about, let's say, so we're wrapping up because we do 15 minutes, but when you think about one or two other things that you'd love to share with the listeners, you know, whether it's about your business, whether it's about you know, anything freelancing, anything else in the world, love to give you kind of an opportunity to share some more thoughts. Sure. Yeah. So first of all, I think that if anyone is interested in freelancing, definitely do check out Revelancer. Another thing that we've actually just launched, which is, is worth talking about, is our service exchange feature. So basically, you know, here you can, let's say if you build websites, you can build a website for someone and then redeem the value of that with an accountant to, to get your, your um, accounts done or something like that. But it works with a credit system, so it's very flexible. So, you know, you deliver one big project and then you can source multiple smaller projects with, with the kind of credits that you gained from that. And other than that, you know, I'd say if you want to go into freelancing or start a business, the important thing is to just take a leap. You know, you don't need the answers up front. I certainly didn't starting freelancing at 13, even starting my company now at, at, at 21, fundraising for the first time, doing it, you know, employing people, all kinds of things for the first time. I'd say if this is something that you want to pursue, just start and then figure it out along the way. I love it. I had a good friend. He said, if there's anything you want to learn, just jump into the deep end of the pool and you'll figure it out, which is kind of what you're saying. So 13 to 21, startup entrepreneur, 
founder, Carl Swainapool, of CEO of Revelancer. So if you haven't checked out his freelance plat- platform marketplace, whatever the words are, it's basically a place where you can go learn more. Carl, so where's outside of going to the website or Googling it and so forth, where would you like people to connect with you on? Probably the best place would be LinkedIn. So if you just okay. look up my my name on LinkedIn, then you'll find me. Well, we're so great gracious to have you on the show, Carl. One of the things I love as an entrepreneur, and I can say that after since I've started and sold two companies, it was never my idea when I was 13 or 21. So you're ahead of the scale on that one. But I love the idea of entrepreneurs because they think about the world differently. They help us think about the future differently, whether it's work, service, or other things. So really appreciate you having you on the show today. Folks, this is, as you guys know, the Future Service Channel on the Mission Matters Podcast Network. Until next time, this is Jonathan Schroyer, Chief CX Officer at Arise. Serve well. This has been a Mission Matters Network production. Listen to this show and browse our entire catalog by visiting missionmatters.com.